I'm Keaton. And I'm Laura. Uh, You may have joined us for our first season of Witness. Uh, We are getting ready to come back with a fury in the new year. Would you say that's accurate, Keaton? A fury? There's going to be so much anger involved. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, We're very angry um, in the new year. And so we thought we'd pop in uh, for a holiday episode because so much of the holiday season is about withness. Um, the good and the bad, right? We experience the highs and the lows of being with each other through uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now we just finished up uh, Thanksgiving. Keaton, did you uh, experience any good or bad parts of witness over this Thanksgiving season? I did. If I feel like this year I'm sort of falling under the category of no news is good news. <laughs> There was a lot of simplicity in this Thanksgiving, and I think I'm going to try to continue to pursue simplicity and understanding like what Thanksgiving is and how you can celebrate together, because I feel like expectations were low and people were just sitting around a table together enjoying each other's company. I love that. I mean, I think there's a big a big piece of both Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I, I suppose this is true of all the holidays, right? But they're supposed to be about some sacred idea. And we just can't help but be with each other through the, like, that's the idea of it is to be with the people who mean the most to you, uh, to pay attention to this good thing, especially when there are expectations, when there's like an ideal in our head and that our reality can't quite live up to. I feel like we, we run into uh, trouble (laughs) with that all the time. I spent this Thanksgiving doing extreme witnessing. Okay. What did that look like? I have just started doing a chaplaincy at a local hospital here in Columbus. And so my, my role is for so many hours a week, I am just supposed to be in hospital rooms with patients. And a big part of chaplaincy is just meeting people where they are, letting them. uh, It's not just like being physically present with people, but it's being with them in their reality and letting them speak to the moment that they're in. Um, And so I'm learning a ton about witness through this because it's not witness on my terms, it's witness on somebody else's terms. Absolutely. And that's the whole idea. So if I step into a room and they're like, I don't need to talk to anybody right now, please leave. Like I have to, you know. Hey, that is what they're telling me that they need. I got to listen to that. Yeah, I got to moonwalk out of the room. Sure. And if witness, like this is more likely, if witness for them is them like reviewing their whole life or talking about the pain they're in because of their gallstones or their pending procedure or something, then I'm in it with them. And so uh, Thanksgiving was kind of a unique day because the rhythms of the hospital are so different. And so it was just a lot quieter. Um And what I did, you usually have like a list of people who've been there for a few days without a visit and you see them first. Um, But because it was a holiday, what I did was I kind of just walked around like people who were just by themselves in a room. I just stepped in and asked them if they needed company. And so I ended up in like a few longer conversations, particularly with people who just wanted to talk about like what it used to be like for like it was older folks maybe who were thinking about what it used to be like for them to run the Thanksgiving family show or people who were lonely or people who, 
you know, they were confronted with something they didn't expect in the days leading up to the holiday. And so I feel like I'm learning. I'm glad we're doing this podcast because I'm having to learn a ton about um, what it means to be with people on their terms and not mine. Um, Absolutely. You're learning how to do it because a lot of these conversations on withness, I feel like have been centered around people who are in close proximity to us regularly. So this is walking in to a lot of opportunities where this is the first time you've ever had a conversation with a person and you're saying, how can I be with you right now? It, it truly is, like you said, extreme witness. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'm having to learn that like, I'm very comfortable if I walk in and they immediately want to talk about suffering or death. <laughs> like I'm super comfortable with that. If I walk in and they just want to talk about their garden, I have to like slow down and talk about their sure. garden with them, you know, sure. and not make it their garden a metaphor for yes. loss and life. And <laughs> yeah, I have to like, let them lead the, lead the pace and find, you know, like their comfort with talking to a stranger. So we're in this moment leading up to Christmas. So I thought we might, you know, we like to share stories and we like to look for where we see good things happening or where we see hard things happening. So I thought we might just like do some, do some review of witness in our own stories and maybe people can connect to that or maybe it resonates and then we'll get around to maybe some big ideas about how we can help <laughs> experience witness this holiday season. So let's just talk about our own Christmas stories. Um, do you, have you ever done highs, lows, highs and lows has a conversational uh, outline. There was a phase where at the end of every day, I did a high and a low. I think people, sometimes it's like a family thing that like if, it, if they have a, a dinner time, they'll do like highs, lows to try to get your teenager to talk to you. Yep. Like, that's right. So we're going to use it. Uh, what are some, do you have any low, we can kind of mix it up a little bit with funny and serious low moments, but do you have any, what are some low holiday? One of the lows that I was thinking through, I'm now getting self-conscious about because I don't want to ruin it for anybody else. But I, so I'll preface this with, if you're under the age of, I don't know, 12, cover your ears for a second, but <laughs> it has to do with Santa. I remember, um, for the second year in a row, it took my parents two times in order for it to truly sink in that Santa was not, uh, really delivering presents to me. Like I remember the first year they sat me down and they told me, and I just had seen enough Christmas movies to know, um, that parents sometimes don't get it. And even though they might tell me the truth, it's not really the, the truth. So I held on to that magic for another year. And then I was, so they uh, were trying to tell you the, the way it is and you did not believe them. No, not even a little bit. The next year when they told me, like, I was talking about Sienna again, and they're like, Keaton, <laughs> we've done this already. You've got to, we're not joking. Like, and it was less sensitive that time because they're like, we already did the sensitive thing and now you're being weird about it. <laughs> and I was, I remember I truly did the very melodramatic thing of going to the bathroom, like looking at my face in the mirror and just being like, what else isn't real? <laughs> That's amazing. And I think it's the opposite of, all other parents' experiences. Like most parents are trying to get their kids to hold on to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just, you wrecked it. Yeah. It was enough's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of a lot of like, you know, because so much of a part of witness in the holiday season is like gift giving. 
So I was thinking of some gift giving stories. So one, one low moment was there was a year where my dad got my mom the same Irma Bombeck book two years in a row. So that second year that he gave her the same book, uh, I remember as a bit of a low. Did your mom clock it? Oh yeah. She knew right away. Uh, and, and, and Christmas took a turn <laughs> and I'll just say it wasn't like a, a one-time like fight. It was like the whole rest of the day. Yep. And then uh, it continued, it stayed with us for a few Christmases after. Because uh, mm-hmm. bless my dad's heart, he just was not a good gift giver. It was not really his his um, his uh, love language, so to speak. I wish he would have <laughs> continued to get her that book every year. <laughs> Yeah, that way you should have doubled down. That would have yeah. been, uh, that would have made it, that would have been redeemed the moment a little bit. Sure. Uh, I also have a couple moments where, did you, did your parents ever do like the big present, like the big, the big finale, like where they got you something bigger? Yes, yes. And it was always so sweet, but the bit was always them having, I'm diverging a little bit, but they would always sit me down every year and like the big gift that I was really gunning for, they'd sit me down a couple weeks in advance and say, Hey, we really, I know you really want this, but we can't make it happen this year. And then, and then they would make it happen. But it got increasingly more confusing as the <laughs> the gifts that you were gunning for got larger. And those conversations were even better acted. So Christmas is just all gaslighting. <laughs> I I feel like there's a thread of like trust issues. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. But anywho, you're talking about the big gift. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of years where I would get so excited about that, that big end of year, like big end of the gift giving round, you know, and one year my mom was so excited about it. And I opened it up and it was like a make your own dollhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's like I was 20. What had happened is that she had given away my dollhouse when I was like in high school. She gave it away to like a church rummage sale thing. I was so mad about it. So in her mind, she was doing this like really kind thing of like replacing this dollhouse she'd given away. Oh, no. But in my mind, it was like a reminder of, oh, no, this one is just a cheap like substitute for the real one that you like. I don't even want to do it anymore. (laughs) I was not. I did not uh, handle the moment with uh, any amount of grace at all. No, Especially when they're linked to childhood things, sometimes it can just trigger these raw um, tantrum-esque like responses. Yes, I became like a total child. And I think it was, it was probably like a year or two later that I was like, okay, I will make this doll. Like, and I sat in the basement and made the dollhouse to make my mom happy because I had grown a little bit. <laughs> and I just feel so bad for my mom because I'm sure that she envisioned like this, this giant moment of forgiveness and restoration. And instead I just pouted. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes those moments just have to come later. I feel like, you know, gift giving puts us in this like dangerous territory. And I think you want to feel understood, right? You want somebody to give you something that is you didn't even know you wanted. And then when you open it, suddenly it's like this moment where they get you, um, which to my mom's credit, there were so many years where she gave me something like that, that 
that was like a thing I didn't even know I needed. And I was so grateful for, but the years when she missed, I just really held it against her. Do you have any like low serious moments? Yes. Oh goodness. I guess it was three years ago. Now I was supposed to go spend Thanksgiving with my long-term boyfriend. We'd been dating for um, several years and it was the day before Thanksgiving. I was supposed to head out to his house and he gave me a call like 15 minutes before I was supposed to leave and essentially just said, Hey, I, I don't want you to come anymore. There truly wasn't much explanation beyond that. And it, it really took me by surprise. So I didn't really know how to follow up in a way that felt correct and graceful. So I just uh, waited and heard from, and then he came over um, later that night when he was done with his family festivities for the day. And we broke up at that point. It just, I don't know, Thanksgiving is all loaded up with this time of being like family and spending it together. And I just, uh, it just was really tough to hear from the person that you like loved so much that they didn't want you to be a part of that. Just that timing. I don't know. It was tough. Now, did that like, had you like baked pies or anything like that? Had you prepared anything? Or- yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the f- way that I was processing grief too was kind of a bummer because I lost my appetite for like three <laughs> weeks. And so everything, like there was just such a beautiful array of food because I, I spent it with my family and it just, I couldn't, I couldn't touch a thing. So um, thanks a lot, ex-boyfriend. <laughs> And it's all, it's all for the best. And, um, but it just was, it was a a hard way to, um, celebrate, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a low moment. Yeah. I think that qualifies. Well, let's move into some higher, some higher and better, uh, moments. Um, when you think of either Thanksgiving or Christmas, do you have moments where the real almost was the ideal or where it was like a sweet moment, um, with somebody else or with your family or whatever? My family redid their um, living room at some point. And it was just sort of happenstance that there was these like four chairs away from the TV and just right in front of a fire. And I have three other other siblings. So there's four of us total. And then, so I remember the first Christmas that we had all gone our separate ways and then we were all together again. And each of us occupied like our specific chair in this room and, it was just uh, us talking to each other way late into the night. And it it felt like it felt like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I love that picture of like uh, homecoming <laughs> almost mm-hmm. like but with your family. Yeah, I think adults, siblings, I always think the sibling relationship is so underrated, uh, probably because I, you know, lost my sister. But I do think it's I want that for people with their siblings, what you're describing. Mm-hmm the sweetness of reconnecting and enjoying each other's company as adults. Yeah. What about you? One thing is I think about the rituals, like the things that we did every year that are sweet to me. Uh, one of which was driving around and looking at the downtown Christmas lights. Uh, I think of like some of those things that were every year, anytime we were inside of a ritual, I felt like it was good. And then the one year we totally broke the ritual. And then that, that is my high moment. And I have to say the high is also a low just to emotionally prepare people. But the year that turned out to be like my, our last year with my sister, she, before we opened up our presents and did all the gift giving and all that happiness, uh, she just wanted us to pray together. 
And even though we were like a Christian family, this is kind this was kind of weird and intimate. Our prayers together were mostly like before meals and like just thanks God for this food. Uh, we hope it tastes good kind of prayers. But we were all feeling the weight of the witness of a holiday, right? Um, that this one day that had been full of mostly sweet and good memories was now kind of loaded. And I just remember it being like the most vulnerable family moment we've ever had um, with my mom and dad and my sister and her husband. And we all kind of, we all kind of prayed out loud, just like really vulnerable, honest prayers, which was not, not a normal thing for us. Um, and I remember both my mom and my dad saying things that I had just never heard them say before about how grateful they were for us and for each other. And um, it felt like the Irma Bombeck Christmas was really far behind us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, the dollhouse Christmas was far behind us and everything was just in a, a sweeter perspective that year. It was like every gift did end up mattering more because we did that. Um, and so it was like a, lie, a low and a high mixed all together um, in that moment. I think too, we were a family who the rituals and the gifts were like the main focus. My mom was always like a big gift giver. So that was the normal focus of our Christmas. But this year it was like we had to pay attention to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and that became the most important thing. I think it's really cool that your sister led the charge too, as far as like saying, asking for something, even though it's something that was out of your family's wheelhouse. I think that's really brave that she said, hey, like, and really cool gift to give you guys being like, hey, this is what I want right now. And this is how you can be with me. Yeah. And it was, that was not normal for her either. She was very much like a, there would be times where we'd sit down to eat together and she would say, nobody's allowed to talk about cancer. Sure. <laughs> She just wanted times where that wasn't the topic of conversation. Like nobody's allowed to talk about it right now. And she was really like the, the leader on that. So I tell people all the time, like best case scenario is that the person who's struggling will lead you through what they need. Um, and, and this is one of those times where she definitely did that for us. But I think it was also, I'm always hopeful that people could have that kind of moment with each other without illness. Mm -hmm. you know, without the threat of losing each other. Like I was, so I wondered if we could just talk about like, how do we get to that place without the threat of loss or grief? Um, how do we slow down and make the holidays a good experience of witness? Uh, and I do think the slow part is a big piece of it, right? It is like, um, just paying attention, right? Like you noticed that there were four chairs. You noticed <laughs> um, what it meant to be back with other people. Are there any other, like when you've had those good, sweet moments, are there any other things you think, oh, I want to, I want to do this again. Like I want to be attentive to this again. Something that can be a killer of witness is comparison, which might seem like an obvious thing to say, but I think that we feel like there's things that we have to do at Christmas time because it's a Christmas activity. And, and once that thing becomes stressful and not um, doing the work that 
it's intended to do, I think it's okay to cut those things loose. Sometimes for family, that means like cooking extravagant meals. We've just, it just ends up being too expectation loaded and too time consuming in that moment for us. Like sometimes for some families, I think it can be beautiful, but we've stepped away from feeling that obligation to do the same big homemade meal every year. And that has given us more opportunity to just to be together and to not be worried if the of all the things are going to time up at the same time or if something's going to get burnt or if so-and-so is going to be upset that there's not pecan pie. Yeah. Uh, it's worth noting that Bob Evans makes a great holiday feast for families. We, we know. We know. <laughs> Our families both can testify to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so many things that, and, and particularly I think women bear the stress of that a lot of times in families, like all the gift wrapping, all the cooking, all the managing of schedules. And yeah, I think taking some of that pressure off ourselves can be helpful. Another thing that it has been really helpful to me in the past is I've struggled on and off again um, with depression. And sometimes that hits during the holiday season, which I know it does for a lot of people. It's just been a really beautiful gift when um, family and friends have allowed me to feel my feelings instead of trying to force something that isn't there to just allow what is to be and to be together in that time. Yeah, I think that's really important uh, to be sensitive to other people's emotions and to be paying attention to our own and to not just put them off, but to let them be what they need to be on these days. Um, there's a lot of churches these days that do a blue Christmas service. It's like, I, I think it's such a beautiful idea that it's supposed to be joy to the world, right? <laughs> um, but you know, if you're not feeling that, if you're not feeling the lights and the glitter and the Mariah Carey-ness of it, um, like having some room to sit with it, uh, I think is really important. And I want us to just like spend a few minutes here. We don't spend a ton of time talking about faith here, but I think especially at Christmas, it's worth it to spend a few minutes thinking about how like withness, actually that, that big idea does come from God, right? That, that, and particularly for you and I, like that's a part of our stories and when we think about what Christmas is, you know, one of the names given to Jesus is this name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That Christmas is at its heart a celebration of this very wild story <laughs> that the God of the whole world uh, wanted to be with people in a brand new way, right? And of all the religions in the world, uh, and obviously I'm not like an unbiased person, but when I learn like the stories of other religions, this story just feels so compelling to me that, that a God would show up as a vulnerable child, that a God would learn what a mother's hand feels like on his forehead. It's just kind of a beautiful thought to me. And I think there's a reason why we want it to be covered in glitter. And why we want there to be joy, why we, why the whole world, even if they don't even know the Jesus story, they, they think of this time of year as a time when there should be light. <laughs> uh, and I just find that really uh, compelling. And, you know, there's a lot, if you grow up in the church or whatever, there's all this focus on Easter and the resurrection, the crucifixion. But I find that 
this moment of Christmas, when we have time to pay attention to it, is an affirmation of how important the human experience is. And we notice it when we're around each other, like how, you know, kind of messed up we are, how weird we are, how like uh, how much uh, um, the missing pecan pie can throw us for a big loop. You know, we notice all these very human things. And yet, like at the same time, uh, there's this possibility that a God loves us anyway. And doesn't just love us, but wants to be close to us. Like even when I'm having moments of doubt, even when I'm having moments of my own depression, anxiety, or grief, or um, when everything feels blue and like lost and colorless to me, um, and even when the lights don't like make me feel warm and cozy, uh, I can be brought around by this this very big, beautiful idea. Um, so when we're experiencing the best of witness, I think that is, it's something God makes us for. And I think even in the stories we're sharing and that we're, we're sharing with ourselves and we're exploring in other people that when we do that right, we are, you know, we're being like God a little bit um, when we slow down and drink tea with each other uh, or when we do think of just the right gift. Or when we um, wake up in the morning and we're glad to see each other. So I don't know, maybe we need to think about how we can pay attention to the whatever is the most meaningful thing to us. I, I think making sure we give it room mm-hmm. this, this season, right? So our hope is that you find some ways to enjoy all the richness of witness through this holiday season. Uh, If you gave some time to listen in with us, we are grateful for it. And we consider that a gift too. And we will be back in the new year with more uh, fun, sad, (laughs) complicated, beautiful stories. So we'll see you next year on Witness. Hi, everyone. We've got a special bonus Christmas monologue for you. Here's a very young Laura Buffington on her first ever Fisher-Price tape recorder. Merry Christmas. My going spend the night crush with, my, with me. And um, she slept in my sister's room named Crushy. And my mom and dad slept in their room. But my sister and I slept downstairs on the couch together. I was up all night, but I finally fell asleep. And, uh, um, <laughs> I love this. And, um, I like what all I got. That's my tape thing. I'm helping on now. I like all three of my kids. I like makeup and pet stuff. My friend got me um, a puppet that was um, Garfield. And my cabbage patch straw, I love the look. And on Christmas morning, 
my sister and I woke up. We had lots of presents. But what my mom got, she enjoyed, so did my dad. My mom, but my grandma turned most of all. And yesterday I got, I love bears, and today, and yesterday, I got a poster with bears in a little basket, and it was stuffed animals. Christmas morning was fun this Christmas. And my great aunt Karen is gonna come, which I'll tell you about later. Bye-bye. I did push stop button, but I just got done talking in it. Then rewind it. Push the stop button. Stop button and rewind.